0: Understanding why your customer needs you is a key part of working out what content you're going to be sharing all over the internet, and in your brochures, on your website, absolutely everywhere. It's also all important when someone asks, so what do you do? Because if you can't tell people why well, people need what you do, it's going to just sound like everybody else. So if you don't know this answer deep down in your soul, if it's not something that you think about when you create your content, you might end up talking to the wrong sorts of people or letting your ideal customers go to someone else. Hi, I'm Rachel Claver and I am your host of Muppet Marketing. And today we're going to talk about why it's important to work out why your customer needs you and I'm going to help you do that in this podcast. Look, I used to really struggle understanding and owning this myself. I used to really undervalue what I did best and what my skills were that people really saw as being different. I also really struggled to narrow the arrow, narrow what I did. And I've talked about that in a previous podcast called Narrow the Arrow. So go hunt that out after this one. And I had huge mindset issues around my own value. And I talked about that last week with Natalie Coombe in episode 100, so go back and listen to that one too. Today, we're going to talk a lot about the clear picture we need to have of who we are so that we understand not only who our client is, but what we understand about ourselves, our benefit, our value, and what we do when we're selling and offering a solution to someone. And we're going to cover a little bit of imposter syndrome too. So this episode is all about you, why you, how it needs to be you and what will happen if people don't choose you because we need to work out what you need to say to your future customers so they know how special you are. Let's get started. Welcome, this is Mippet Marketing and I am your host, Rachel Claver. I love helping small business owners become more confident and more capable with their marketing. So this podcast is all here to help you do just that. It's me and the help of some great guests helping you learn new skills, new strategies and ideas. Let's jump in and get started. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Map It Marketing. As I mentioned in the intro, I am your host, Rachel Claver, who's just organizing herself to get her microphone in the right position. And I am really looking forward to talking about this because this is one of the things I dig in deep with when I'm working with a client one-to-one. Now, in a couple of weeks time, I'm actually gonna be going through what we include in a in a marketing strategy and action plan, or what I believe every, every business needs to have in a marketing strategy and action plan if you're a small business owner. And one of the things that we do talk about quite a bit in there is we obviously spend quite a bit of time talking about what your client looks like and i don't mean you know you know do they have brown hair how tall are they, all those sort of things. Although some of those things can be important, especially if you are working in a particular industry. Um, You know, if you're appearance-based medicine, for example, you may really need to make sure that you're working with a particular gender or marketing mainly to a particular gender, for example. Um, Or you might be talking to a particular age group, different things like that. And it doesn't always mean, of course, and I've talked about this before in the podcast, narrow the arrows. If you haven't heard about how to get that kind of customer avatar right, There's a couple of podcasts I've done in the past that talk about the seven ways that you can define your target audience. So all of those things in there can really help. And obviously we'll also need to think about why they might need you. So some of that might be things to think about like, You know what problems they might have and and how you might be able to solve those issues, how it actually looks like for them in terms of what their thought patterns are. What are they thinking about that's causing them to know they've got that problem? What habits do they have that's making them fall into having those problems over and over again? Are they people that are experiencing particular life stages? Are there things that they need right now that only you could fix? And what are those things that are causing those pain points for them? We also need to really think about why they need us in terms of what they don't have inside them to make this work out as well, which is really important. Um, you know, we quite often, one of the biggest flaws we have is often I'll ask a small business owner, you know, well, who is your target market? And they'll say, well, it's me, but we don't, you don't need you, you've got you. So what is it that you've got that your target market doesn't have that they need that, that bit maybe? And man, sorry for being gender non. Why did I use lady? I never use lady. I don't know why I did that. Boy, do I need to build myself a new customer avatar. I can see how this podcast is going to go. All right. So, for those long term listeners, you're like, haha, this is another typical Rachel Claver podcast. This is what I love about her. And those of you that are new time listeners are thinking, oh my gosh, what have I let myself in for? I promise you, there is gold between the rambling. All right. Let's unramble ourselves. So, I just get myself into a little bit of a fluff sometimes because I'm talking and I get excited and then I forget what I'm talking about. So one of the things with identifying too much with your target audience is that you have moved from the point that they that you don't need yourself anymore. If you've got a shop, for example, that has all the beautiful products in it that you used to want, you still have those beautiful products. You've got them now. Um and yes, you need to sell them to make money, but you know how to get them. You don't have to have someone else do that for you. You're not the target market. The same would be if you were trying to teach someone about video skills um, or with photography or whatever it is. You may have some things that are in common with your target market, but they need you because they can't fix it by themselves. And being able to identify why they can't fix it and what they might have tried in the past to do it is really important. We also need to think about why they need it and what the benefit's going to be for them. What is it that you are promising that they are going to fix? So we're going to go through all of those things. But from your side of the fence today, what is your solution? What is it and why is it that your customer needs you? So first, of course, we do need to understand our customer first before we jump into this. So if you don't know who your customer is, if you haven't really thought about that, you really need to do that before you do this part of the podcast. As we do this, what might happen is, and this is just a bit of a warning signal, when I ask the question, what do my customers really need from me? Sometimes it means I end up offering something that's different to what I'm already offering. Um, I've talked about this a bit in the last, um, last year, really, that you know, we had a offer that we used. It was a central offer that we did that wasn't meeting the needs of the customers we worked with in the way that I wanted it to. And I, it took me a long time to work out how to fix that. But a lot of that was working through this process of what am I actually best at and having the courage to actually see that and really own my own genius. But also, gosh, I sound like a naff saying that, really own my own genius. It is our genius. We all have a sense of genius. And I guess it's harder for me to say me own my own genius. But I tell you to own your own genius all the time. So I want you to be able to do that. And and I think that that's really important. And I do feel like there's areas in my life that I totally take for granted because it's just as natural for me. When I'm sitting there and during a session with a client and they're like, I really stuck on this thing and how do I write this? And I go, cool, let's just do it together. And I write their homepage in 20 minutes that would take them four weeks. That's my zone of of genius. I've been doing it for years. I know how to do it. Being able to do that in a session with someone because that's the way we've structured it, that makes my heart sing. And it makes my client's heart sing too. There are things that you are fluent in that your customers are not fluent in. And understanding that is so, so important. But it's also about working out what makes us different from our competitors, how we can change and stand out in a mass of all these other people asking ourselves why us why would someone choose us which doesn't work very well if we don't think much of ourselves does it it does mean that we do have to get over feeling uncomfortable it does mean we have to embrace the whole thing around are we actually feeling like we're just not good enough do we have imposter syndrome is it impacting the way that our businesses work I'll tell you it really does and I think too really working out what stuff we do share about ourselves and what we don't I'm going to say at the outset that if your first line to me is, I am an award-winning, wah, 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 I am so turned off. I know some people out there, it must work on them because otherwise would those people do it? But I will never be attracted to a business where their first line is award-winning. I don't want to care. I don't care about the award you won in the past. It will make an impact, obviously, if it's on your website, something like if there's lots of awards and you've got them there, I'm going to take that into consideration. But actually, what I want to know is what you can do for me today, and that might be different to what you were doing a year ago. I have won an award; our business won awards, and I am very different to that person. And I would proudly stand by what I do today, instead of resting on the award that I won back then. Um, I remember going and seeing Jenny Shipley, who was briefly the—that wasn't I me—briefly, mean, um, briefly the uh, uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She—I don't think she was a. Oh, no, she was elected I don't know if she was elected in. She wasn't elected in. Um, and she she was, or maybe she was elected in. I can't remember. Gosh, my politics. I shouldn't have started this conversation. But I went to see her at, at speak at something. And I remember she, someone asking her something about her being in leadership as prime minister. And she said, well, that was a long time ago. And I have accomplished all these other things. And I would want to be known for what I've accomplished since then, as opposed to what I was accomplishing 15 years ago. And I, so it always stuck with me as a thing of, you know, how can we just move ourselves forward all the time? How can we always share how we can move forward and be better this year as opposed to resting on the laurels of what we were doing last year? And that's a lot of my ethos um, around this. So yeah, good old, good old conversation where you're using an analogy where you don't have all the numbers like the year that she was there and whether she was actually... I need to find out in a minute. I'll find out during this session. I'll madly Google what I'm talking. Um, so let's just talk around the few sections around this because I, you know, because by the, besides my um, H, my uh, besides my besides ADHD messing with us and messing with the, my ability to focus on anything um, while I can do this. Um, yes, so she was the first woman to have led the National Party and the first Prime Minister of New Zealand. And was a prime minister from 1997 to 1999, which means that she wasn't voted in. And so that's what I was right. I was right. Okay, that's cool. We can move on. All right. I'm sorry. I just had to do that. Okay. Right. So let's just go through. Let's start with how you define how to work out why your customer needs you. Right. The first one is, the first thing is, is for you to think about what makes you the person that would know the good stuff to help them. So you need to ask questions like, what makes you qualified? What qualifications do you have? Now, it does not have to be an actual physical qualification. I can tell you, I have now worked with over a thousand small businesses one-to-one on their marketing strategies across all different types of businesses from startups to 50 million turnover businesses. Now, that gives me a lot of proof or a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge across a very broad range of businesses and stages and sizes that help me feel qualified to do what I do. A qualification does not have to be a written qualification. It can just be past experience, which is really important. So what I'd love you to do is take some time and go, what is it that is in my experience? And don't just think like literally, uh, think literally. Think literally as well. If you've got experience negotiating because you've had toddlers, that could be in there. It could be things around how you've learned how to manage time effectively because you've had busy workloads all the different things that can help you serve your ideal customer, you need to write them down. Do a brainstorm. Do what I like to do with that to get 10 minutes. Do a brain dump. Don't sit there and go, oh no, I don't know if that's good enough. Just write down every thought that comes into your head and it will come up with a bunch of stuff that you can do. You can also ask customers if you want to or people that know you really well to ask you those questions. I've sometimes said to people I did something last year where I said, if I was going to ask you what you know me for, what would that be? And that really helped me shape what I was doing when I started my membership project program because that helped me get the confidence for people to say, oh, I actually know that when it comes to content, I can ask you pretty much any question and you'll know the answer to it. So I knew I could go broad with the content master web instead of having to niche down, which would have caused deaths in me because I hate the idea of being trapped in a tiny little niche. So that was great for me. You can also think about how can you serve the customer that you're going to do? What is it that you have that you bring to the table that's really going to show them that it's going to make a difference to you? What are your qualifications? Both learned experience and actual qualifications that you could do. You can also think about how the journey that you came on to learn those qualifications because that's part of your social proof, which is really important. Um, the next thing that you need to think about is really thinking about what is that pain that that customer is, heard, is experiencing and how does your core offer or service remove that pain or solve a problem? How does it make them feel better? How does it make them feel someone who can eliminate the problems that you're putting in front of them? That's um, so really important. You might need to think too about what the relationship is between what you do and what the customer does. One of the testimonials I've gathered recently from a client, it's in fact, both of them, both mentioned about how they had to work hard themselves in the process of working with me. And I want people to know that. I don't want people to get think that when they're working with me, I'm going to do everything for them. Because... Part of what I do is empowering you to take action, empowering you to learn and how to do it. So if I'm going, I'll just do everything for you, it'll be super easy. I'm not teaching you the behavior change of learning. So I'm really strong on, we're going to do this together. We're going to do the hard work together. You need to have time aside for this. My content marketing program, I say, You're going to have to turn up to my coaching programs, but you also have to have time blocked out in your diary to do the work. And if you don't have that headspace, this isn't the right option for you. I'm not here to flap about and give you fluffy stuff. Um, And so I think that that's part of it is actually working through what that looks like in terms of like, what are they going to have to do to get what you have? And what is the expectation you have for them? That's really important. Another thing that's really important around here is actually talking about what the end result's going to be. What is it that they're going to get out of that? Now, I asked this question during testimonials. Just a note too, um, I used to hate asking for testimonials, and I might do a podcast on it at some point. I now love it because I'm really confident in what I'm doing. I'm really confident that my solution works really well for my customers. And now when I have my final session with a client in my marketing strategy action plan, we do a testimonial in that last session. And I would never have been gutsy enough to do that even a year ago because I wasn't 100% happy with how I was delivering that customer strategy action plan. And I hadn't been for a while. I still know that customers have really grown their businesses from it. But now I feel like I've got something that I am so proud of. I'm hanging out to get the testimonial. And to me, that's a really good sign that the offer is right. Uh, so so in terms of testimonials, the things I'm asking for is has there already been a change in the six weeks we've worked with you? Um, what sort of changes has it involved? Have you had new business from it? Because normally we should start to see new business come from it within six weeks if we're starting the work in week one. Uh, but also I'm looking at mindset shifts, behavior shifts and habit shifts because those are things that are going to make long-term changes. I also want to see long-term changes over a period of time. So I love it when I have clients say, I've doubled my turnover in the last year, that won't be for everyone, or I've increased by 20% or 30%. I want measurable returns and results, and I'm looking for those. Um, And so one of the things I'm looking forward to with this new model is going back to those customers and doing like an in-depth case study with some of them to see you know, what was it that did that, because then I can show to customers what they're doing. I'm showing that the solution is going to have a long-lasting benefit. That's what you need to be able to show. What is the long-lasting benefit? Look, if you're selling clothes, it could just be that you feel great in your clothes every day. If you're selling where um, it could be that you just always know that that's the fry pan to reach for or whatever it is it doesn't just have to be services based but you need to think about what are the results what's the impact that you're going to give to somebody and there could be other positive side effects I've had people who've said that my program has helped save their marriages well that's not what I'm here for but I'm definitely going to share that because it's a great story and you don't know I work with a lot of husband and wife teams Um, So that appeals to them. That idea of it's going to reduce friction in the marriage or it's going to make our marriage better is is appealing to a a husband-wife team. So finding little bits that picking and pointing and finding those little bits that help people, even if they're not the core thing, can really help with your messaging in terms of your marketing and working it through. The next sort of kind of thing you need to look at, and this is where it can be quite tricky, is I do think that you do need to get uncomfortable to forget the good stuff sometimes, and some of the one of the areas that we have to get uncomfortable in is in doing competitor research. As I mentioned in the past, um, I actually haven't seen many people's marketing strategies. That's that that, that they've done with other people. I don't really want to do a deep dive in what those look like from other from other client uh, other competitors mainly because I want to make sure that what I do is really pure and good. I feel like most marketing strategies have the same components and the way I've done it has been developed through a lot of like learning and testing across all the different people that we've worked with. So I don't want to do that, but I have had the opportunity to see people's marketing strategies and action plans because people have sent them to me um, who have obviously not found it useful and then have asked me to work with them afterwards. And and so, of course, I'm curious and I want to have a look. But they have really helped me define how ours stand out and how ours are better. Sometimes I've also learned a few things and gone, oh, that's quite a cool thing in there. And maybe I could use something like that. So it's helped me do that. But I do think that when you have informational intel from your customers of things that haven't worked, instead of going, oh, good gosh, an intel. To me, it's a really good opportunity to go, what is it in mind that's not going to fail or not is going to be better than that so I can explain to other people how ours are different? So one of the things that we do a lot of is we do a lot of action planning in our content and we train as you go. And so I really talk a lot about that because a lot of other people will say, hey, you know, don't get a marketing strategy because it won't, help you take action but our whole one is all about taking action so really elevating and talking about that and seeing what competitors are saying about what I what what people like I do or other people in our industry does and then going oh I don't do that this is my point of difference is a really good way of defining what makes you stand out and help attract people who are looking for that thing that other competitors are identifying as a gap or saying that they they either don't they don't do themselves or that they say that others don't do and really really stand to highlight that those are things that are really important the last part of this access that you need to do is really think about the dark days of saying no to you I really struggle with this because I'm not really a negative marketer I don't like talking about finding holes as soon as I see other people do it I'm just like Ugh. Um, you know, like, don't you miss out on this thing because it's going to be a disaster is not really my way of doing marketing. But I do know that I've had clients who have thought about working with us and then have got close to it and oh, I don't know if I can afford it. And then I've come back a year two. In fact, we've just recently had someone three years later who said I have lost thousands of dollars and lost opportunities or I've lost thousands of dollars across the last three years doing cheaper options which aren't delivering what I need. Either way, um, and now I'm doing this with you, I wish I'd done it three years ago, and I do use those stories sometimes, but it also is a great way to listen to what happened when they chose not to. What happened when I did not present what I did and someone chose a competitor who did not deliver it and they came back to me and said, please, I'm begging you now, can I work with you? What happened when they said no and they tried to do it themselves and they made these choices and lost this money or missed opportunities? And what's the comparison to their business and a business that worked with us who did it, who are the same kind of size and what the impact has been? It's good to look at that stuff. We don't want to have lots of scary stuff in our marketing, but it's really good when we're working out our solution to go what is the dark side of not working with me? How can I highlight this? What can I do that can make this happen? Um, You know, one of the things I would say for us is, is, you know, we'll help you really invest in what you already have and grow what you already have within your capacity and budget. And if you're spending money on things that do not make you profitable, you know, one of the things that we do is we really make sure that your offer is profitable before we grow it. And we've had people who haven't done that, have worked with business with other marketers who didn't check it and they're now these people are almost bankrupt because they're growing a business, but their offer wasn't profitable. So we care about that stuff and I'll mention it in a sales call and we mention it in our marketing because I want people to know that we're gonna make sure that their target market is right, that their offer is right that their um, profitability is all aligned, that they've got their goals in line before we create that action plan. And that's why we do a strategy and action plan. We teach that stuff. So when you're looking at it, think about these points. Uh, What makes you the best person for them? What are the qualifications, the skills, and the experience that you have that you bring to the table? This is the stuff that makes you different, that makes you stand out. You don't have to be all, ha ha, I'm the best in the universe, but you do need to stand in the truth of who you are and your experience. And remember, you are not your target market. You are ahead of them in this particular area, even if you identify with them a lot. Then you need to think about what it is that you help them with. How is it that you are going to make them have no pain? How are you going to make them feel better about their business, their life, their well-being, their health, whatever it is? How are you going to heal them from the issue? How is it that you are going to um, solve the situation they're in without making them feel bad about their actions, without making them feel condemned for their choices, their personal life choices? What is it that you can do that lifts them out of the quagmire that they've got? How do they get that from you? What is it that they're going to get from you to make that happen? And is it going to work for them? And how long will it take? Will that solution be a lifetime solution? Or is it going to be something that's just going to be a short term, but it's going to make them feel great? And is it going to have a positive effect on them beyond that core problem? That's the sort of things you want to work on in that space. You need to then think about why you are better or different. I I like the word different, actually, than your competitors and what makes you stand out and what makes you someone that they're going to choose. There are so many competitors in my industry uh, and I rate a lot of those people. And often people will follow a bunch of us and they'll just choose one of us that they've related to better. And that is just okay. That is totally okay. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's not. Because we're all different people and we're going to relate to different persons. The more we share who we are and what we do and why we're better than the people we see around us in terms of what we offer and in our zone of genius, which may not be their zone of genius, but they'll have their own. So I'm not saying that they're not better than us at everything. They'll be better at other stuff than we are. That can also help. And then you need to think about And, you know, what would be the result? What would be the result if they didn't do that? Now we use this in StoryBrand a lot. So we'll often talk about how we're the guide um, and this is how we help you. We talk about the journey of helping of what we would do on that journey. We list the benefits of what you can expect when you work with us. We'd put that on our front page is how we do a customer journey. We talk about our social proof and our experience and why we should be the person you choose. And then at the end, we'd talk about what would happen, you know, don't don't miss out on, you know, extra profit over the next year, or whatever it is, we would make that the thing that would be that, that hard, dark place we don't want you to be in, and so we use all of these elements during a brand story, I've done a podcast on brand stories and story brand, if you'd like to listen to it in the past, um, but this works really well, um, and so I'd like to ask you, you know, think about how are you going to work out, why a customer needs you, do you know why your customers need you, do you know why customers need your product or your offer or your service because when you know how to do that then you can write about topics that feed off all of those ideas. So go through this, answer those questions for yourself, take some time, make some notes and then use that to create your content and that is how you attract people who love you and what you do. If you'd like to ask any questions about this today, do come and be part of our Facebook group, Map It Marketing. And of course, I would love it if you came to one of my free content events, content strategy events around New Zealand. If you're based in New Zealand, just go to Eventbrite and type in identify marketing or find the link to it in the show notes and it will be there. Otherwise, please do Think about how you can stand out and show your point of difference. When we show people and tell people the difference about why we can help them, we help them find and remove those objections in their head about making a decision to work with you. And remember, our value is why people choose us. They don't choose us because of the budget. They don't choose us because um, the price and the special deal. They choose us because they know that we can make a difference for them, whether it's a product or a service, And if we share that that is the thing that will make them choose us so go and work on that and let me know how you go post in the Facebook group and I'd love to hear from you or drop me a line I'd love to hear how this podcast is helping you and helping your business I'll talk to you next week if you love what you heard today be sure to hit subscribe and if you love this episode in particular I'd love it if you shared it on social media remember to tag me in so I can say thank you Have a great week and we'll talk soon.